1: Hello, 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 everyone out there, and welcome back to The Art of Attraction. This is your host, Dominique Drew, thrilled you could join us. We have a fantastic show for you today. I've got uh, a couple of guests who are here to talk about the art of open relationships and uh, what is often called ethical non-monogamy, which, uh, just to start out very clear at the beginning, is very different from cheating on your girlfriend, which is not encouraged at all. So, if uh, we're just gonna have a couple of sound checks here for a couple of minutes, so I'll just reintroduce myself again. My name is Dominique Drew. I am a men's relationship coach. I help single men attract life partners through personal and relationship coaching. And um, I run a program, an eight-week training program called The Art of Attraction, where I help guys understand how they're subconsciously holding themselves back from what they want. And we get you... Uh, zeroed in on those uh, subconscious beliefs that are holding you back and eliminate them so that you can actually have the romantic and sex life that you really want. So as always, you can reach us by calling in if you are inclined. We have uh, our phones available at 708-793-7769. That's 708-793-7769. And uh, we are also on Twitter, at Dominie Drew, that's D-O-M-I-N-E-Y, and on Instagram at the same, whoops, hold on, seem to be having a little bit of trouble here, give me just a pause and we'll be right with you. Sorry about that, guys. As always, my expertise is in men and relationships and not in IT and technology. Sometimes we have that as a result. So if you'll just give us a couple minutes here to work out some technical difficulties. Just want to make sure we're coming through. Is everyone hearing us okay? I'm gonna get some feedback here.
2: <laughs> Noah, what did you push? No, it's not. It's not. It's it's this. It's not the <laughs> mixture.
1: No, no, don't change that. That's all set.
2: None of that should change. Well, that's correct. So. Yeah. But if it works in if it works in Audacity, it'll it should work here, right? It's the same. You do normally record at the same time, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So five, six, five, six should be up. It's okay. We can restart if we need to. He said five, six, all three, four should always be at zero. Oh, that should be at zero. Like we have a third microphone. But he doesn't know we have a third microphone. And raise channel five, six did
2: that. Should be.
1: Disconnect and check your audio input setting, he says. Do you know where that is?
2: Yeah. Okay. So... What is it using, built in microphone? Okay, so we need to make sure it shows up as a... Does this work? Oh, wow! Well, so we have no... Okay, how that? There we go. See if he hears us now.
1: Hey there, we're just working out some technical issues. Sorry about that, guys. We'll get ourselves straightened out and right back with you shortly. Rest assured that while I can't fix recording equipment in any way, shape, or form, I am excellent at helping men work through their relationship issues. So... That's good news for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) We're just about, I think we're focusing now. I think we're finally getting to where we need to be. Just making sure. So I'm not talking to myself all evening. Although I will say that most evenings when I'm not on the radio, that is exactly what I'm doing. So it's really, uh, it's all the same to me here. Stand by. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Art of Attraction with Dominique Drew. This is your host. Happy to have you here with me. Sorry for the uh, technical issues early on. Looks like we got ourselves worked out here. So, as I said, if you'd like to join the conversation, please call in. Call in with your questions. Call in with your comments. Don't call in and be a douche, but otherwise, please feel free to avail us of our knowledge and experience. You can find me on Facebook at Dominie Drew Coaching. That's D-O-M-I-N-E-Y, D-R-E-W, Coaching. You can call in at 708-793-7769, and uh, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Dominie Drew. So please feel free to reach out. We are listening for your comments and happy to answer your questions. So our topic today is an exciting one. Uh, We're going to discuss a little bit of um, different relationship structures. So a lot of people grow up and they assume that you, um, you know, you, whatever, you go to school, you find someone you really like, you get married, you settle down, you have sex with one person for the rest of your life, you have 2.5 children and a white picket fence, and then at some point you retire and die. Which, while that sounds incredibly fun to me. There are a lot of other ways to do things. Um, there's a lot of buzz around there, around um, the world right now, about all these different terminologies and um, relationship structures and things like that. There's, um, you know, polyamory and swinging, and um, you know, monogamy and open relationships and all these different terms and things like that. So we're really going to go ahead and dive right in today and explore some of these and hear from some people who have actually experienced it. So I'd like to introduce my guests today. Um, I have with me Tabitha and Noah, who are a married couple who have experienced some somewhat alternative relationship structures themselves. Um, You guys, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having us. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. My pleasure. So um, let's start with the basics. How did you guys end up uh, getting into this kind of lifestyle or Maybe even earlier on, um, were you in it originally when you met or did you discover
3: it together? I think it began with us both checking out the same women. (laughs) And then it became, you know, us talking about what we liked in women. And I'd never really been able to explore that as an adult. And it just grew from there. And we just started having more open communication about things. And it was actually Noah who knew... Um, more about the lifestyle than I did.
1: And when you say the lifestyle, what exactly is it that you mean?
3: Well, that can be different for lots of couples. Um, For me, I kind of use that as the umbrella of um, we sleep with other people together. Woo!
1: The audience just got really excited. (laughs) What's your perspective, Noah?
2: All that is accurate definitely um we have always been open with each other sexually which was helpful um we were very clear in what we liked and we liked to experiment which helped and um as tabitha said we would check out other women together which is fun and even when i noticed that tabitha found other men attractive i could recognize that and it, wasn't problematic um that was a bit eye-opening in our relationship when that first happened
3: I that was shocking for me to realize not only could he tell but he was happy to talk about it and it wasn't weird for him and I think that's a very rare thing most people you know their insecurities kind of come out when they see their partner checking someone else out and so it was nice I Yeah, it was a nice surprise.
1: So what was it that really um, started you guys in, you know, as you say, the lifestyle? Um, You said you're checking out women, and then what was kind of the next step?
2: Uh, There was a very distinct time when we were having sex, and we were watching porn at the same time. Um, there was a. Setup. Let's
1: talk about that in detail for research purposes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um,
2: it is something that we had done multiple times. Um, it was an interesting way to to heat up a moment, to explore other things that we liked or things that made us excited, or even just straight up research for positions and other things. And um, there was some setup. And I honestly don't remember exactly which thing it was. It was, maybe it was like glory hole or something. I don't remember. And um, Tabitha asked me, she goes, well, how does this even happen in real life? Because, you know, this isn't, you know, how important it's the pizza delivery man. But <laughs> in real life, how does this happen? And I said, well, you know, they're... I'm are-
1: ordering pizza from the wrong places. Yes, exactly. We're going right. to talk about this later. Okay, continue.
2: Um, every man's fantasy. Um, <laughs> I said that there were there were clubs, there were lifestyle clubs, and Tabitha looked at me and said, where are they and <laughs> when are we going?
1: <laughs> That's amazing. Where are
3: they and when are we going? I love it. So then it began with research, looking into whatever we could find online that was local to us. And we went. The first night we went, we were super nervous we got lost and I just kept thinking maybe we'll just be lost and we'll just never find it. But we went and had our first experience and I don't see us ever going back now. It's mostly been a positive experience. You mean going
1: back from the lifestyle? Yeah. And what was that first event that you went to? What did you end up finding?
3: Boy, we ended up finding a very small club that was um, near, near where we lived at the time. And,
2: it was an experience. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was
3: like a public
1: place where you could kind of go and explore with other couples or something like that. Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: It's a, it's a private club, right? It's members only. Um, it's only adults. It is specifically. Sorry kids. Yeah.
1: We'll talk about when you're older. <laughs> also turn this
2: shit off. Um, it's specifically for um, sort of colloquially known as the lifestyle. Um, different. Different clubs do different things. Some are focused on meeting other people for um, play. Others are more towards kink. It just depends. Um, It's not that dissimilar to, um, like, the gay bathhouses. You know, it's just a safe place to meet other like-minded people. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, And did you find people there? Like, what were the kind of people who were... There. I feel like people are, are listening to this and imagining that they're just full of, of weirdos because I think everybody generally thinks that people who are into this lifestyle are not sort of like normal people that you pass on the street. Is that accurate?
3: You would be surprised at how wide the net is. I mean, we have met lawyers and doctors and, um, you know, all kinds of different people from all kinds of different backgrounds. Uh, This particular club was very small. And so, you know, everyone that goes there goes there all the time. So that was a bit limiting for us. And, you know, we ultimately just kept exploring other clubs in the area. And just that's we kind of just started that way for the first year or two, just going through the club route, a few hotel takeover type situations. Um, And
1: how are the people at the club when you first sort of went? Were people nice and receptive or were they kind of judgy? Did they expect you to know things? What What could someone expect?
3: I would, they not, I would not say judgy. I would say this particular club, everybody was very friendly. And what I find most in this lifestyle that I love, that I respond to the best is, is that openness? Is that acceptance? Um, you know, there is the, the rare you know, idiot who says the wrong thing or whatever. But for the most part, it's pretty self-policing. You know, if you're an asshole, people aren't going to invite you back.
1: Nice. <laughs> now you at looking for something to add.
2: <laughs> well, to talk about who, it's a cross-section of life. So there are people of all types and all backgrounds and all socioeconomic levels, Um, if you spend any time with this as your hobby, you will find the places that match your requirements pretty easily. It's, It's not difficult to find clubs and events and vacations and destinations. I mean, it's everywhere. It's surprisingly everywhere. If you live in any city and you google this you will find more than one and it will blow your mind because they're everywhere
1: that's a really great point because i'm pretty sure everybody's doing that right now so (laughs) if that were the case what exactly would you google let's say if you went to a new city like what would you put in to
2: find clubs like these um you can search a uh, swinger club, you can search lifestyle club, you can search adult-only club. Although, if you do the latter, you may end up with um, strip clubs as a subset. Mm-hmm. And, um, and
1: are these strip clubs or are they different?
2: They are not. You do not pay for sex. You do not pay for nudity. So that's a big tenet in the...
1: Wow, you go to some racy strip clubs, man. Well... like I was just thinking girls kind of shaking their booties, you know, and thongs.
2: Sorry, I'm, I do being, my house I'm being specific that like... Generally, there's an entrance fee into these clubs, but you are not paying to have sex, right? Like that's very clear. You're you're paying to to, to help keep the club open and the lights on. Mm. There is absolutely no guarantee of seeing anything or doing anything. Now, a strip club is totally different. You have an expectation that you will see nudity, and you can even pay for certain services, which is specific. But in the lifestyle clubs, that's not acceptable. Um, mm. They generally, I assume, would get into trouble, so they avoid it.
1: And so in your personal experience, where should I go to get paid for sex? Excuse me? <laughs> All right. Well, it was worth a shot. Anyway. I'm <laughs> um, going no office game there just a little bit. <clears throat> Sorry. I'm just I'm just looking for advice for my next career. Apologies. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so, okay. So you went to a club. You found one. Um you the people were pretty nice and with that we say that was like a it must have been a pretty good experience because you
3: went again right I would say we got super lucky our first time and that's probably a good point to talk about is that you know we're five plus years in right now and we love it but there were some growing pains I mean it was a it's a big life change to put yourself out there in that way and so it just so happened that you know, we met a couple there. It was their first time as well. And so it couldn't have been more perfect, but I don't think that's totally realistic of what everyone's first time would be like. Um Do
1: you have any like have you heard stories from people of their first time that um, you know, somebody's exploring this for the first time might have a you know could reasonably expect it to be like, or um, in other words, if you think it's kind of chances are it may be kind of mediocre, what might that look like so that they can know that it's To be expected and not them. Most
2: people can barely get the uh, wherewithal to even go inside. Mm. So when I speak to other people about their first times, they usually um, sit in the corner and like doe-eyed and just watch. It's got
1: to be intimidating, right? It's
2: intimidating. (laughs) And um, And then they go home. And they may do that five or six times. And I would say normally.
3: Yeah. And, you know, and from my perspective, I think that's, that's okay. That's awesome. You're going to go home and you're going to talk about it with your your partner and, you know, maybe you eventually, you know, it changes for you
2: or maybe that's just what you're into and that's fine as well. To that point, unless something catastrophic happens, like there's someone there who shouldn't be, or someone misbehaves in a way that ruins other people's nights. The only way to not have a good time is if you choose to not have a good time. Can you say a little bit more about that? Well, I mean, if if you frame it as in the worst that happens is we go and we sit there and we see people and sometimes they'll be nude and sometimes they'll be dancing and you'll see different people in different configurations. You know, you might see two women and that might be new for you. So um, just watching, there's just so much to see. And if, if you let it, you can let it be, um, sexually positive for you and, and your, and your, um, partner. So at the worst case scenario, you go home and you're really excited and, and you can capitalize on that. That is a euphemism.
1: <laughs> Capitalizing. That's what the kids are calling it these days. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So. Um, let's talk a little bit about, um, how to behave once you're in there. Is there a particular etiquette? Is this like a, like a nightclub, like a dance club type of environment? Or is this type of thing where you can kind of make a mistake and fuck up a little bit and potentially either, in other words, if people are going on, going in totally, uh, new or totally blind, is there anything that they should know before they go?
3: Yeah. I mean, I'll let Noah talk specifically about, um scenes and what to do and what not to do for that kind of thing but I will say first of all they vary. they can vary greatly some are more centered around a dance floor for example um
1: you mean the clubs can vary
3: greatly yes uh-huh. yes and you know there's always uh, a separation so if you just want to go and watch people and, and that kind of thing that's fine if you're more comfortable with going into the playrooms and watching people be intimate um, then that's also an option. Most clubs, if they're run correctly, should give you a tour when you get there. And they'll take you through the property and tell you the things to do, things not to do, you know, where to find the towels, you know, all, all of that kind of
2: stuff. Hmm,
1: that's awesome. It's like a high-end spa. Sometimes
3: yes, actually, <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah, I will put in a giant plug for Oasis Aqua Lounge in Toronto, Canada. This place is literally a spa. It has a heated pool and a hot tub and a sauna. And um, it's three floors. There's multiple dance places. There's lots of playrooms. And this place is amazing.
1: Yeah, this is the sound of me canceling my Christmas plans, uh, telling my family to go to hell and going to Toronto instead. Please continue on just typing.
2: Um, So (laughs) I would add to what Tabitha said and say that And Oasis is a great example. The first thing they do is give you a rundown of the rules. And the the general rule is you you must ask first and you can only ask once, right? So it's super important. Let's just say that one again. (laughs) You must ask and you can only ask once. The ask once part is very important and makes the atmosphere of the place very nice because you never get harped on, right? So if someone comes and says, may I sit here? And you say, I'd rather you didn't. They should not even talk to you until, you know, there's some kind of difference in space or position that makes it obvious that whatever you were doing is over and they shouldn't. And especially if they ask to touch and you say, no, they pretty much leave you alone. And it's surprising how well it's self-pleased. Yeah. Um, other things about the clubs is that the, the line between hedonism and kink gets blurred a bit. So a lot of them have um, kink spaces or kink apparatus. And um, I I find in the kink world that uh, there's a a subset of rules that are even more specific that one should know. Um, So We haven't really gone under
1: that on this show, and that's actually one of the topics that should be coming up in the next week or two. Um, For everybody out there who's unfamiliar, um, when Noah is saying kink, kink, it's less sort of about the sexual element, although that can certainly be a piece and it's more about creating a power dynamic where one person is dominant and one person is submissive. So when you sort of hear jokes like, oh, that's super kinky um, or you've seen Fifty Shades of Grey or things like that, um, although that is a, a not great example of what that world is like, um, it's, you know, that is, the kink is more about um, um, creating some form and it can take very many forms. So we'll go into this in a lot of detail another time. Uh, some form of, of power dynamic as opposed to having sex as equals there's a, um, a top and a bottom a dominant and submissive so to speak um so there is a little bit um as i, I think that was sort of expressing here of, of overlap between these two worlds but um but not as much as as you might think so we're talking about the sort of swinging open relationship world and we'll we'll talk a little bit about definitions in just a minute as well um and all this terminology um but that's just to clarify what he's saying when he says king so sorry no i'll continue
2: Oh, no, that's fine. I mean, basically in, in kink, the idea is that you should not interrupt. And, and so,
3: and this is the scene that I was referring to when I said that you would explain. Just to be clear. Yeah. Um, so when you said scene,
1: what exactly do you mean by that in the swinging world?
2: Well, I know, I mean, in the kink world, the means scene in the kink world where, um, we were in a space and we were doing something and someone interrupted mm. and they were asked to tone it down, to not interrupt. And uh, this person flipped out <laughs> and, and, and got kicked out of the club. Oh my. Yeah, because he he was new, obviously, and got really excited by seeing something
3: mm-hmm.
2: and um, explained loudly how great it was. And, and
3: just to, you know, add adult- a... I think this is kind of funny in retrospect. I am tied to a wall facing away facing the wall. So I can hear this this commotion happening. It's interrupted the scene as we call it and I can hear it happening, but I can't see anything. And so I'm completely vulnerable in that moment. And Noah who, you know, is basically in charge of what's going on, is trying to explain to this person. This is not what you do. So I think, you know, if you're unsure, sit back and watch and see what other people are doing. Um yeah.
1: yeah. So that's, a, that's a good takeaway. So really if you're if you're going in, you're unsure, default to giving people space or hanging back so that you don't kind of interrupt what's going on.
2: Yes. And if you're gonna ask something, ask in the lowest level of voice you possibly can right? If it's quiet in a room, don't scream. Um, if, if you're on a dance floor, of course, you have to talk over music. That's fine. But
3: and I, I would treat it as you would any sort of um, small theater setting in a way. I mean, you're not going to go to a show, a theater production of any kind, hopefully. And, <laughs> yeah. And carry on a loud conversation or, you know, cause a disturbance. So think of it as a, a theater performance and you'll be just
2: fine. Yeah, just don't be that
3: person. <laughs> nice, nice. I feel like that's a, that's a great example.
1: That sounds really clear. So when people walk in, like, our I'm sort of trying to clarify this um, this image for people who've never been and might be thinking about going. Do you just open the door and there's just like like a huge orgy happening in front of the door? Like, what is like what What do people expect? What does it look like once you're in there? Typically.
3: Yeah. Um, my experience has been. You know, the clubs are usually, you know, very generic looking. You would have no idea that it's there unless you're looking for it. You walk in to a pretty secure small room where they check you in. um, Make sure that you remember all of those things. Then you're given a tour. And usually the big playrooms where the orgies happen are kind of tucked away so that those are kind of separate from the dance area, a lot of times there's food too. So that's kind of a bit separate area.
1: It's like one of those fancy strip clubs with
2: like a uh, steak and.
3: Yeah, steak, to, to be base. clear, <laughs> we find this to be weird. Um, <laughs> but there are,
2: We're yeah, we not pro food at the lifestyle club. Um,
3: I guess, yeah, that might be
1: kind of a little bit weird.
2: It's, it's, yeah, it's, and this might be something to do with the, the part of the United States we live in. A certain area, we're talking buffet style and chips and stuff. It's, I don't know if I'm in a lunchtime club or going to a picnic.
3: (laughs) Now on the flip side, and just to, you know, toot the horn one more time, uh, the club in Toronto, for example, you can order food and I find that to be a different thing. Right. Um, It is the kind of environment where you feel comfortable enough to have food delivered and there are places you can sit and enjoy that.
2: And it's basically in downtown Toronto. So you can Uber Eats basically anything hmm. and they will bring it and you can go grab it. And that, that's fun. I mean, I think the last time we went, we ordered sushi.
3: Yeah. It's we, we, sat by the pool in yeah. the middle of the day. Yeah.
2: it's And ate sushi it was great. Yeah.
3: So no, no orgies when you, you know, walk in the door. Um, it's pretty discreet. So that kind of thing is, you know, usually broken up.
2: Yeah. The, Many of the clubs are dance club style, so people are in dance club attire. I will say that um, on the whole, um, the, the the female patrons, um, many of them will be in risque clothing, so you will see that. You won't see, probably won't see orgies, but I mean, if you show up at one in the morning, people might be having sex right in front of you as you walk in.
1: So, can you have sex kind of kind of anywhere?
2: It just it all depends on the club.
1: It so there's usually like certain areas where this is restricted. You can and you can't, or certain rooms for it. I
3: mean. Not next to the chit bowl, <laughs> Um and it's there. You know, there's always going to be heavy petting and that kind of thing all over in the clubs. But there are clear areas where you know it's partitioned off first of all, so that there's not just a bunch of creepy single men just like hanging out and watching. Um, Note to self: Don't be that creepy man who's just yeah. You know, please right. don't be that creepy man. Just just don't.
1: So that's a good point. So, so, so you said earlier that it's a good idea to kind of hang back as default as opposed to sort of jumping in. So what is the difference in your guys' experience of hanging back and being respectful and sort of uh, wallflowering and being a, a creeper?
3: I think that that is a matter of, um, I want to say social skills, being able to pick up on social cues. I know that Noah, for example, is really good at this. I'm not so much, but, um, you can tell by people's body language how much they want to be interacted with, um, how open they are to joining them and that kind of thing. And I will also say a smile and hello will get you a long way. No one is going to be offended if you do that.
2: That's right. And, and probably we should preface this with a lot of the time in the clubs, you, you, you meet someone socially as if you were in public, and then you might play with them and you may go to another space and play with them, but that. That doesn't necessarily even happen at all, let alone the first time. So um, usually in the club-like settings, you can just go and talk to people. I mean, people have themes most of the time. So people have amazing outfits and just complimenting people's outfits is a great opener. Um,
1: Like costume themed. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, sometimes it'll be intricate. Sometimes it'll be risque. Sometimes it'll be esoteric in a way that you would never imagine to see like something that works for you. And you never would imagine someone wearing that in public. It's not necessarily public, but <laughs> you, you know, in your mind, you're amazed that someone else in the world kind of feels the same way about something you do. So, um, it, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty clear if everyone's just sitting around drinking and talking and dancing, then like, yeah, of course, go talk to people. I mean, that's why you're there. Hopefully. Um, so, it's, so that's good
1: to know. So then rather than people sort of expecting they're going to open the door onto like an ancient Roman orgy, um, it's actually more just like a regular club, but everybody is there sort of, it's sort of indicated that you have interest in potentially hooking up.
3: Yes. And of course there are, are more boobs. Oh. A regular club. Happens. There are boobs. <gasps> yep. <So> Scandal. <laughs> I love my life. <laughs>
1: So, all right, so let's bring it back to you guys. So you, um, you said you started that you were, you were already married when you started? Is that right?
2: Yes.
3: (laughs) I think so. It's it's all a blur now. Uh I mean, we probably started talking about it before we got married. It's all the boobs. They're blurring your memory. Um, That's right. Yeah. Just, you know, all in my face. I just can't think.
2: (laughs) What a way to go. (laughs) Before we were married, there was always the like, oh, we would love to play with another woman together the mythical unicorn. Of course, everyone wants to do this. Um, we made zero progress on this. I mean, it was always, oh, we liked the idea of the thing, but had absolutely no concept of how to do it. So, um, no, the, the porn sex happened six months after we were married. So we didn't, we didn't do anything outside monogamy until after we were married. Okay. But it wasn't even that long.
1: And what was the state of... It's your guys' relationship. Like, I feel like um a common um belief about this kind of world is like people do it either to like save their relationship or to protect it or, or one person does it and the other one does. Like, what are the dynamics? Where, where, what were those for you? Well,
3: unfortunately, I do hear that a lot, and we did especially in the beginning when we first got into this. You know, I was twenty two, and am still, you know, several years later can be the youngest person at times. And um, we would often hear, well, our marriage got stale. And so, you know, we came to this and that's okay. But for us, it was so different because we're so young and we didn't need to spend 30 years together just with the two of us to realize that, you know, life is short enough, like, let's go enjoy this. And do you think it might really be different for each couple in that way?
2: Absolutely.
3: Yeah. And, you know, it's, we were, the state of our, our relationship was great at the time. And we have, but we have grown so much through doing this mm. and are way stronger than I think we ever would have been, strangely, by having, bringing other people into our bedroom, so to speak.
2: It does put things in context. You're like, oh, I'm watching my wife have sex with someone. This is awesome. And then you're like, I really can't be that mad about that small thing. because It's just dumb. I mean, like if I'm if I'm cool with this, like I shouldn't be that upset about little things that that you're like, this is silly. Um
1: did you really find that it made a difference with, with little little fights and stuff?
2: Well, I mean, <laughs> this is this is getting very personal to us, but I mean I'm okay with that. I would say over the last five years, we've had to do a lot of growing. And we did. And so I mean, recently we had just reflected how how smooth things have been going. Um, part of that is knowing how to fight, which is like a whole nother
1: thing. I did an episode
2: about a few weeks ago. It's totally, <laughs> it's totally like, you know, we have code phrases for when we're annoyed, we have.
3: And that makes all the difference too. Um, you know, being together, it's, it's just a constant, you know, management of our own feelings, our feelings together, our feelings with other people. And before we started into this, we always had a conversation about expectations. You know, what can I expect from you when we're doing this, when we're doing that? What am I providing to the relationship? And we've just carried that through and built on that. And so through all of this, we just know each other so much better now. And I think that's how we, we fight better. We are better at it.
2: Well, yeah. And yeah, we, we can we're going pivot, off here. Yeah, we could yeah. pivot and talk about that all night. But, um, When we talk about a relationship, Tabitha being bisexual and never experiencing it is super important. The idea that she got married at 22 and she was supposed to spend the rest of her life with me and never get to experience something that is core to her being was, is basically insane. The concept of it is insane. Like, why should my wife be miserable over something that everyone can enjoy. So that was a big driver, I think. Um, We also benefit from generationally being from a place where we can just be sex positive. Like sex was super important to our relationship on the first date. (laughs) So um, to to be sex positive, to like sex, to not feel like, there's going to be religious repercussions for enjoying each other and doing the things we do. It, it, honestly, it's a natural progression for us because, um, I mean, personally, I just find monogamy boring. Um, and I, I adore my wife and I think she's the sexiest person. I know. Cue the tears. <laughs> but, you know, we have escapades that blow our minds and, it's it's
3: amazing i mean i yeah we and we could talk about this for days because we love it so much and we've had you know so many experiences that have just been wonderful and i'm just and i'm not just talking about sets. i'm talking about travel and conversations with people and that sort of thing it's just been it's been great so please domini keep us on track
1: <laughs> i'm just watching this go this is actually kind of great watching you guys kind of uh enjoy what you've created together
2: Oh, thank you.
1: That's nice. So you, you're you not talking a lot, I feel like, about communication. Um, is that an important thing if you're going to be, I know. What, a, what a leading question. Yeah.
2: <laughs> is, is communication important? <laughs> yes, of course. We actually, funny story, this, this both this both is important to the lifestyle and to fighting. We have a code phrase that we say is, I need you to hear me. So when when one person is needs to be heard and needs the other person not to flip out about what they have to say or get past how annoyed they are or angry they are. And we've used it both to work through in-the-moment lifestyle situations and, and other sort of um, standard relationship stuff.
3: And I think, you know, that touches on I want to say a flaw or something that has been a bit negative about this is um, for me personally, listening to him in a moment when he's saying, we need to exit this situation. And that happens. You may find yourself literally in bed with someone. And then you just realize in the moment, like this is really not where what we need to be doing right now. And so there were times where he would have to kind of after the fact, you know, the next day or, you know, after we've gotten home, be like, listen, you are not hearing me. And it, it's taken me a long time and I'm getting better at it. But, you know, I think that...
2: Um, She's at a loss for words.
3: I am at a loss for words. Mm-hmm. I think that that's really important. Um, I mean, you just can't be married and not communicate, at least not happily.
2: I don't know. We, we I think we have a slightly atypical philosophy, marriage is kind of a job and we choose to be married every day and we choose to work on it every day. So the expectations for everything, I mean, like getting up, who's cooking breakfast, who's doing work, whatever, all the things. So um, when it comes to lifestyle, it's super important. And it's, that's where the fun communication gets to be. That's where you get to be like, oh, I really want to see this. And I want to try this. And I really like that person. I want to see them again. And we're going to go around the world and we're going to go on a cruise and we're going to do all these things. And, um, you get to set expectations. You get to reflect on all the fun you have. Um, it's, it's clutch, but I mean, I, yeah, I mean, these things, these things kind of already, the, the template of them existed in our relationship before we started by pure luck I mean I can't I can't take credit I mean just luckily we were compatible and luckily we fumbled our way through it but
3: I think that's a good way to put it too it it is it's it is fumbling And and that's what it was like in the beginning of the lifestyle too like I mean we just were just silly and didn't know what we were doing and you know everybody's new at some point so we've all been there I still get nervous. It's been five years and I still get nervous every time we go into a new situation.
2: Yes.
1: <laughs> so what do you guys do if one person wants to do something and the
3: other one doesn't? We don't do it. Period. Now, I would say knowing your partners is good. So, you know, there have been times and there's still times where uh, we'll <laughs> excuse me, We will be presented with an option. And, you know, my first instinct may may be to say, no, 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 I I could never do that. And we may talk about why is that? And in talking about it, then we realize it's just all in my head. So I think there's a difference between, you know, a specific act
2: and... Well, it was a leading question. She's describing what we call taking one for the team. You Uh never take one for the team, right? Uh Like if we're presented with a couple and they want to play with us and one of us is not compatible, then we don't. I mean, we just can't. I personally can't fake it. So um, it's really important that I'm, I have to step back and explain one other thing. You spend your life and perhaps when you're single and you date one other person, and that's very difficult to find compatibility with one other person. But when you get in the lifestyle and you're a couple and you primarily play with other couples, it's exponentially more difficult because each partner has to be compatible with the other two people. So, um, it,
3: but in the same way, you have the luxury of knowing you're not trying to marry this person yeah. or this cup, you know, whatever it is. So,
2: which is kind of the brilliance of it. They can be friends and they can be someone you play with, but, um, thank God they're not your spouse. <laughs> like you, you just, you just appreciate your spouse even more because you're like, they do that. You'd be like, I love them, but she does that thing. It would, I would jump off a bridge <laughs> if I had to deal with that. And you are like, oh, thank God I have my wife. Oh, thank God. <laughs> um, so that's, that is a funny, that is a bit of a funny um, result.
1: Yeah. It seems like kind of counterintuitive. So you actually, you opened up your marriage, you started sleeping with other people and it actually made you
3: closer. Oh, hundred percent. It's, I, um, I can't even talk about that enough. I mean, it's...
2: It's unbelievable.
3: And you have to have at least an openness with your partner to, to be open to trusting them in these kinds of things. You have to rely on one another. Um, I think also an important note to get in is that jealousy is kind of normal. Healthy, there's a healthy jealousy of, like, watching your partner do things um, that's, that's okay I think that's natural. Yeah, to it's, be, it's okay to have feelings. Right? It's okay to have feelings about this. And, you know, it's okay to develop feelings with the people you're seeing, so long as there's like a healthy distance there.
2: Oh, boy. Now now my wife is pivoting to a very complicated subject, which is, you know, the the line between hedonism, the enjoyment of sex, and polyamory, the, the search for um, relationship. And so... <laughs> we, we definitely fall very much on the keto side. Uh, if there was a Kinsey scale from one to six and keto is one and poly six were like a 1.05. <laughs> um, so by that,
1: you mean that you guys will say go to clubs or go on trips and, and meet and hook up with people, but you don't like date them long-term.
3: Um, we may date them long-term actually. We may, you know, we have several people in our home state that we, have been friends with for years. We've gone to people's weddings. We've met people's kids. We've, you know, all these things. And, um, but we don't maintain a close relationship with them independent of one another.
2: Well, it's the difference between sex and intimacy. We don't get intimate with them long-term, right? So we don't describe our inner feelings. We don't rely on them as our person we call when something happens. We don't, um... You know, they don't unload on us. Their life troubles. It's kept, in our experience, it's kept a bit um, light.
3: Yeah, I'd say that's, that's true. And we have, you know, people that we really connect with that we consider great friends that I think, you know, we would do anything for and then vice versa. But for the most part, it's, it's keeping a lightheartedness about it. It's keeping things kind of a uh, distance away.
2: Yeah, that's just our person. And you
3: got to work at that. I don't think that comes naturally all the time. I think sometimes it, it's harder to kind of step back and see that kind of thing unfolding.
2: And it gets interesting because we talk about communication and communicating with our spouse. But actually, the more difficult communication is with other people. Where you have to, you know, are you treading the like, well, do they like us enough? Do they not like us enough? Are we being too demanding? Um, are we not giving them? off you know you you have to find that line then you have to talk to them about it like okay well um we had a great time but um we didn't really like this one thing I hope you understand and being able to communicate with like basically strangers about sexual things or about relationship things where you're like um you know for us like we have a play preference which is same room which means pretty much no matter what we're doing we we prefer like pretty much always to be doing it together because part of the enjoyment for us is seeing our partner have a great time and there's also definitely like the you know private porn sensation of your wife is a porn star right in front
3: of you which is
2: <laughs> crazy because um you know I can I can speak to like a jealousy feelings thing like growing up as a male in the United States you have, it's a, it, I had a feeling that like, okay, I know we're going to go to this club and I know we're going to play with other people. And I really want someone to go down on me, but that probably means my wife needs to go down on someone else. Like if we meet a couple and we do, uh, if, if I get a blowjob, my wife is probably going to have to give this other partner a blowjob And I'm sitting here thinking, okay, I just need to be okay with it. I, I know it's going to be difficult. I, I need to just be okay with it. Like, it's just going to happen. It's going to be hard. And then, and then it'll be okay. And then we, we lucked out on our first trip, our first, our first at bat, and we met a great couple and we went that far. We, we, you know, blowjobs and dual blowjobs and all this stuff. And, um, I'm watching my wife give someone a blowjob, and in my head, I'm going, wow, not only is this not difficult, but it's so hot. <laughs> oh my God, I am so turned on by this. What is what is going on? And then on the drive home, we're both like freaking out. We're like, we've been lied to our whole lives. <laughs> we've been lied to. This is amazing. There's nothing wrong with this. And <laughs> you know, but then, then, then the feelings will creep up in really odd ways, like in ways you would never imagine. So,
1: so that's really powerful what you just said. So you, you really felt like everything you've been led to believe about that type of experience was just not true for
2: you. Well, I mean, there's so many things. There's like this concept of ownership of your partner. If you're male and your partner's female, there's this idea of protectiveness. There's this idea of Manliness and all of these things, and I honestly, I, I I think about it. I'm like, oh, I am the manliest man because I <laughs> get to do all of these things. And <laughs> like, I don't want to sound too boastful, but it's like, oh, I get to sleep with all these amazing women with my wife. Well, no, like, I
3: think you should be boastful because we work hard at it.
2: It's not easy. It is a time-consuming hobby. It's true.
3: I mean, yeah, and all of the feelings and the things that are, are brought up by it, you know, it's, I'm, I'm just, I'm saying, you know, you should be, you should feel that way about it. It's good. I think it means, it means something, right?
2: Yes, yes. <laughs> but it is, it is at odds from the sort of prototypical uh, concept of the, of the um, appropriate male. Um, I'm. Apparently,
1: I'm not saying this loud enough. <laughs> no, I should be cheating my phone
2: to your mouth. So, I mean... That's why you am talking about blowjobs. Yeah, matter. yeah, well,
1: I, mean. <laughs> I... started talking about blowjobs, the microphone got a little further further away. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, so we're, we're coming up on... Uh, we've just got a few minutes left, although I feel like we could talk about this for another hour and not even blink. Um, can you guys share with us one of the best experiences that you've had with this?
2: How graphic...
3: <laughs> I would say go crazy. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that's a that is uh, surprisingly difficult.
2: Um I'll go I'll go global and Tabitha can go specific. The best experience we've had is um lifestyle travel. Oh, tell me
1: about as, that. As a whole,
2: it has been the most amazing thing. Um we've done a couple, we've we we did um, something called Madian nolens which is a event held in july in new orleans in the french quarter and And also
3: sorry i'm sorry but that's really great starter event for anybody out there that's looking for an easy thing to do you could drive there if you wanted to for example but it's a long weekend and you could escape easily into the city if you find that you you know are overwhelmed by and
2: and there are classes and meetups and all these things that help guide people into, um, having a good time. And in addition to that, it's a collection of enough like-minded people that you're bound to find someone that works for you. And that's really important. And that's cannot be understated for, for these trips, because when you get three or 5,000 people together, then you have options. Everyone's having a great time. Everyone's supportive. It's amazing. And so, we did that and we've done um, two cruises. Um, we've done the cruises run by Bliss and we've done a private trip with a couple that we know. And that was also wonderful. So,
1: so these are trips, it's like a regular cruise, but basically it's or is it like one of these clubs that you're talking
2: about, but floating. Yeah, they charter the whole ship. So um, you take a large cruise liner and you fill it with 3,000 like-minded people and you spend a week on the ship.
3: Surrounded, you're surrounded by happy people. And that's something that we hear time and time again from the crew on these, these cruises. Everyone is happy to be there. And just this, I think one of my favorite things is the, this feeling of being accepted and welcome and included because there are all types. There are people, you know, 20-year-olds all the way up you know, to people in wheelchairs. And you see these older folks who, I don't know how long they have been doing it, but like they're extremely happy and comfortable with who they are. And to me, that's a beautiful thing.
2: Yes. I'm good. Yeah. I'm going to go with lifestyle travel. It's my best experience.
3: Nice.
1: So, um, so you mentioned that you've gone on a couple of these trips. Um, There's their lifestyle cruises where you can just be, um, you know, we're, I assume it's adults only, and you can just, everyone there is swingers. So the whole, the whole ship is a takeover. Yes. And is the same situation in, at the one you're talking about in
2: New Orleans. New Orleans is interesting. They take over the Astor in the French Quarter, and then that entire hotel is reserved for this event. And there are more people that can fit in the Astor. So there are people in surrounding hotels, but they take over the entire hotel. So they have the meeting rooms for um, events, classes. They take over the um, uh, event spaces to have dance floors and playrooms. And then they do events in the French Quarter. So they will take over a bar on Bourbon Street and it will be an event only for people for this weekend event. And so um, it's pretty amazing. Nice.
1: So, um, so our last couple minutes, um, what are you guys' recommendations for, I'd like to do th- two things if we have time. What are your recommendations for how people should start? And what would you, what do you wish that you'd known in the beginning that you could say to people who are thinking about jumping into this?
2: What was the first question?
1: Um, what, uh, how would you recommend people start? Uh, Google. Yeah.
2: There turns out to be lots of blogs and radio shows and all sorts of things to get you started. Um, I mean, you could even walk that back a little further and uh, communicate with your partner. Start there, <laughs> but assuming assuming that you have a you have a couple or whatever and everyone's interested, um, do a bunch of reading. Um, you can go to a local club. I actually. I don't know if I would recommend that. Um, it can be a lot and the selection is difficult because they're usually not that large. And um, you want to, and it, it, it also just depends on what you're interested in. So Nadia and Nolens is a great way to start. Um, it, it's great because um, for a lot of people, it's not where they live. So in terms of their openness of, of, you know, in their normal life, they can go to another city, which is helpful. Um, there, if you go, there are all sorts of meetups, which are you know a lot more focused on you know helping people talk to each other and classes where you can learn about anything. And then um, you know it's it then it's a weekend, so you've taken a vacation. You spent money. You're focused. You're you're relaxed because you you've taken this time. So it's a it's a very it's a very positive atmosphere versus going to a club at 10 p.m on a Friday in some place that you don't know with people you don't know and you have no idea what you're going to find when you get there so
3: and I I have to agree with you on all of that and also the clubs can be a little cliquish I find that local people like to go and meet there and they've kind of my experience has told me that they've They've already got their group together and it's a little harder sometimes to break into that. Um, New Orleans is a great, great place to go. I would say even in your area, there are like small meetups and things like that. Or maybe you can find another couple that's in your area and you guys can meet and talk about your experiences. I think that's a good way to go as well. And I think, you know, meeting friends has been one of the best things,
2: so. And something we wish we had known, we have this phrase we knew better but we've had a number of experiences where we finish and we look at each other and like why did we do that we knew better we know better so if, if i gave someone one piece of advice it would be like if, if you think you know better if you're even a little bit like uh, maybe we shouldn't do this uh don't do it um we're fortunate that we're young and flexible and we kind of just blundered through and we tend to laugh about it but you know, our, our lives are, 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 are relatively simple. So um, it, you know, it doesn't have an effect. So that's what I would say.
3: Awesome.
1: That's really, really fantastic. Thank you guys so much. That's amazing. That was a really huge amount of information. I wish we could go on for another hour. Um, I really appreciate your perspectives. Thank you so much for joining me today.
3: And if you have uh, any, any questions or comments, please send them over to Dominique. We'd be happy to.
1: Yeah by all means, I'd be happy to uh, to hook you guys up and uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed this incredibly informative uh, edition of the Art of Attraction. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you guys. Thank you very much to my guests for, for um, coming around. I think the audience really will appreciate it. Take care guys.
2: Sorry. Why are you sorry? I don't know?